Iranian President Mahmoud Ahmadinejad is in New York City today. He's evading questions about his nuclear ambitions. We'll discuss it with Jerome Corsi, the author of Atomic Iran. And there's an effort to resurrect piecemeal the amnesty bill for illegal aliens. We'll discuss it with Robert Rector of the Heritage Foundation. This is Jerry Johnson live from Crystal College. Join us as we look at today's news from the Christian worldview for Christ and culture. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. That's one small step for man, one giant leap for man. December 7th, 1941, a date which will live in infamy. I have a dream. It depends upon what the meaning of the word is. Yes. And the people who knock these buildings down will hear all of us soon. We will not tire, we will not falter, and we will not fail. Welcome to Jerry Johnson Live. For the next hour, this is your place for relevant discussion of topics in the news and in our culture from a Christian perspective. Your host is Dr. Jerry Johnson, president of Criswell College and Criswell Communications. Later in the show, we'll open the toll-free lines for your questions and comments. You may also email us at talk at jerryjohnsonlive.com. Now, here's your host, Dr. Jerry Johnson. Columbia University clearly shows a pattern of being anti-American by promoting forums to warmongers and by preventing the U.S. military ROTC program on campus. Maybe the university should just relocate to Tehran. (laughs) That's Congressman Ted Poe of Texas. He says Columbia University made a big mistake by inviting the Iranian leader Mahmoud Ahmadinejad to speak on their campus today. And here is the president of Columbia University, Lee Bollinger, introducing President Ahmadinejad before his speech on campus. Mr. President, you exhibit all the signs of a petty and cruel dictator. Well, we're going to debate whether or not Columbia should have had Ahmadinejad on campus, but that's quite an introduction to introduce this man as a cruel dictator. But let's go to Ahmadinejad right now, speaking at Columbia University through an interpreter, responding to a question about homosexuality. In Iran, we don't have homosexuals like in your country. We don't have that in our country. Laughs and boos. In Iran, we do not have this phenomenon. I don't know who's told you that we have it. Laughs and boos. President Ahmadinejad at Columbia University speaking about homosexuality. Tomorrow he goes at the UN to the UN. Then he goes to Venezuela to talk to his friend Hugo Chavez. We're going to talk about what he said at Columbia, what he said at the National Press Club. How true are his denials that Iran is pursuing a nuclear bomb? We're going to talk about this with Dr. Jerome. Corsi, he's author of Nuclear Iran. In just a moment, he'll be joining us. 
Also, Dr. Johnson investigative journalist Rita Cosby is going to join us a little bit later to talk about her new book, Blonde Ambition, the untold story behind Anna Nicole Smith's death. Why are Americans so fascinated with her empty life and those of other gold diggers, socialites, and pop stars? Also, the U.S. Senate is considering a bill called the DREAM Act. It's a dream come true for millions of illegal aliens. Is this amnesty revived? We're going to ask Robert Rector of the Heritage Foundation. But first... All right. What about Ahmadinejad? The president of Iran is here today. Should he be here? Should he be speaking at Columbia University? With us to talk about it, Dr. Jerome Corsi. He's got a Ph.D. from Harvard University. He's the author of the book, Atomic Iran, How the Terrorist Regime Bought the Bomb and American Politicians. Welcome back to the program, Dr. Corsi. Very great honor and pleasure to be back with you. Thank you. All right, Dr. Corsi, I want you to listen just a moment now to Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell on Ahmadinejad's visit to Columbia. There's a world of difference between not preventing Ahmadinejad from speaking and handing a megalomaniac a megaphone and a stage to use it. Dr. Corsi, do you believe that Columbia University made the right decision in having this dictator speak today? No, it was a travesty. I was deeply disappointed in Columbia University. It's a political decision, and I guess Columbia has never made, met an enemy of the United States that they don't like. Mm. Uh, you know, it's ironic, especially uh, when Columbia University simultaneously forbid Jim Gilchrist and the Minutemen to speak at the university, and I was there with Jim Gilchrist a year ago when a riot pushed us all off the stage. I was standing in the wings ready to read sections from the book I co-authored with Jim Gilchrist on the Minutemen. So for Columbia to take this position and argue that they are just trying to adhere to free speech principles is patently wrong. Otherwise, Columbia would have felt obliged to create a similar forum for Jim Gilchrist to speak. I think they're just trying to now this uh, comments by President Bollinger where he was trying to appear rude to Ahmadinejad <laughs> right. just was a basic covering of his position so that the alumni who are angry at this criminal tyrant being given a forum uh, didn't stop giving donations to the university. I noticed uh, we don't see any conservatives speaking there uh, lately. This is kind of one-sided neutrality. Well, let's go to the heart of the issue, because you've written a book, Dr. Corsi, um, Atomic Iran, and he was asked specifically some questions about uh, weapons, first of all, being supplied over to the terrorists in Iraq. Now, we have two responses, one from 60 Minutes, one from uh, the Columbia speech, and I want us to uh, play both of them, and then I'm going to have you respond. Here's Ahmadinejad. Being asked on 60 Minutes, are they sending weapons to Iraq? We don't need to do that. We are very much opposed to war and insecurity. All right, that was on 60 Minutes. Now at the National Press Club, here's Ahmadinejad through a translator. No, this does not exist. Are you telling me that the U.S. military is defeated as a result of two or three weapons here and there? All right, Dr. Corsi, respond to those denials. Well, Ahmadinejad is just a liar. I mean, we've got incontrovertible proof that not only have weapons from Iran been brought over into Iraq to attack our troops, but there's been training going on from the Revolutionary Guard in Iran to the Shiite militia that have been causing an insurgency 
Ahmadinejad, in the advancement of his religious purposes, sees no contradiction in lying or misrepresenting facts in order to advance his position. Uh, it's obvious that when he denies the Holocaust existed and engages in other radical anti-Semitic uh, dialogue or diatribes, that he is not adhering to any standard of truth that a normal person would accept. Dr. Corsi, uh, this is Penna Dexter. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, D Jerome Corsi is with us, and his book is Atomic Iran, How the Terrorist Regime Bought the Bomb in American Politicians. Now, we've heard a lot of reports about uh, the um, nuclear program in Iran, and of course we've done everything diplomatically that we can to really try and stop it. In these uh, answers to these folks, Ahmadinejad is really denying that, isn't he? Yes, he is. He's... He's in denial altogether. I mean, you could see that from his patently absurd uh, response that there was no homosexuality in Iran. <laughs> which, I mean, if, if he's going to be taken seriously on the international stage, Ahmadinejad's going to have to mature into a standard of honesty or truthfulness that does not make himself appear ridiculous. But Iran has isolated itself, this, re this radical regime, uh, since Ayatollah Khomeini took over, in a uh, anti-Semitic hatred and a, a funding of terrorism around the world. Ahmadinejad is actively funding Hezbollah right now in Lebanon. He's funding Hamas in Gaza, and he wants to portray himself as a, as, as a peace winner. Uh, his idea is to impose his, ver his version of radical Shiite Islam, along with you know, all the law of Sharia that is harmful and detriment detrimental to women, solidly anti-Christian, as hateful to Christians as it is to Jews. And Ahmadinejad does not want to admit this in the, on a stage where he's trying to appear to be uh, polite and um, you know sophisticated and rational, none of which he is. Dr. Corsi, uh, we've got a couple of more sound bites from Ahmadinejad. The first one, I want to play both of them, and then we'll have you respond. The first one, he's asked on 60 Minutes about... The nuclear technology, is it going to be used for a bomb? It is a firm no. I'm going to be much firmer now. In political relations right now, the nuclear bomb is of no use. Okay, he says the bomb is of no use to us. And here he is at Columbia saying, through a translator again, that Iran is not a threat. We are a peaceful, loving nation. We love all nations. Now, this man has said, imagine a world without the United States. This man has said he wants to wipe Israel off the face of the globe. Is this reminiscent of Hitler, you know, from 1934 to 1938? What do you think? Yes, it is to me, and it's, I can't listen to Ahmadinejad without being reminded how much the Bible tells us that, you know, the devil will come forth as a deceiver. There's no, there's no truth here. If Ahmadinejad wants to be perceived as a peace-loving country. He's been offered numerous times, including by the U.N., International Atomic Energy Agency, that he will be given all of the uranium he needs for peaceful purposes, virtually without cost, by the other nations of the world, including the United States. If only he will quit enriching his own uranium, which has the potential of being turned into a weapon. That Iran has refused. Uh, if Iran really wants to pursue per peaceful purposes, there are controls 
and structures within the international community that he could comply with. Instead, the history in Iran is, this, is a history of deceit, of lies, of um, having to be exposed with nuclear developments and advancements that were not previously disclosed to the international controls, of not being honest or open with international inspections. It's not a credible record, especially when you view it against the context of Ahmadinejad's repeated and violent threats against the state of Israel. Dr. Corsi, uh, one thing I've noticed with his appearances here in the United States is, of course, he's lied, as you've said, in many cases, but also he's gone on these diatribes against the United States. It sounds like he's been reading some of our liberal periodicals, like the New York Times, as he talks about things like Katrina and, of course, President Bush's policies in Iraq. Well, I've thought even also Osama bin Laden and these other tapes we get from al-Qaeda, it seems like they all pick up on the liberal talking points. You know, I wonder sometimes mm-hmm. if the radical left of the Democratic Party doesn't coach these guys. Uh, it's ridiculous. And, it, and at, uh, at Columbia, to have the students be applauding when Ahmadinejad says he's a peace-loving country, uh, buying that line. I mean, how many times did Hitler, before World War II, say he was just pursuing peace and he wanted to repatriate Germans who were stolen, the Sudetenland and other territories he was occupying? While in the entire while he was proposing laws and forming a structure for the, ho- the yes. Holocaust mm-hmm. and the genocide that ended up killing six million Jews, uh, Ahmadinejad wants us to believe that was all a lie too, and it never happened. But there's just no credibility with Ahmadinejad, and his agenda is what he says it is, and that is to wipe Israel from the face of the map and then to come after us. Dr. Jerome Corsi. He's written the book, Atomic Iran. Thank you for being with us. We hope to have you back. God bless. A great honor to be with you both. All right, folks. There's an old maxim, those who forget the past are condemned to repeat it. And this does seem like the 1930s all over again. And um, let's go back here to Ahmadinejad at the National Press Club. And um, he is responding now to people who object to his visit. Why is it that some people don't want to hear anything else or people to hear it's another point of view? It goes against the grain of freedom of speech and freedom of information here. Well, do we have freedom of speech and freedom of information in Iran? I don't think so. And so he's extolling these American values, why he's in America. But of course, he doesn't operate under this policy in Iran. When we come back, we'll talk a little bit more about Ahmadinejad. If you have a call, 800-881-9270, 800-881-9270. Do you think American universities should have this kind of speaker give them a platform? Also, we were going to have a report on Anna Nicole Smith. You don't want to miss that. We'll be right back. If you're looking for a college experience that is distinctively Christian, come to Criswell College. Contact us today for information about the upcoming term. Criswell College places a strong emphasis on the Word of God, a Christian worldview, and being an effective witness to a world that needs Jesus Christ. Criswell College is totally committed to the Bible as the authoritative, inspired, and inerrant Word of God to ensure that every student receives a solid biblical and doctrinal foundation. 
Our worldview approach to ministry prepares every Criswell College student to view each academic discipline through a Christian frame of reference and to engage our culture and the world of ideas from a Christian perspective. Along with this word and worldview emphasis, each Criswell College student gets hands-on ministry training in missions and evangelism to be an effective witness through mission trips at home and abroad. Contact Criswell College today for information about the upcoming term. Call 1-800-899-0012 or on the web go to criswell.edu. That's chriswell.edu. You're listening to Jerry Johnson Live. Now here's your host, Dr. Jerry Johnson, President of Criswell College and Criswell Communications. Iran's President Mahmoud Ahmadinejad is on U.S. soil. He was invited to give a speech at Columbia University. Many Americans are upset. Here's the dean of Columbia, John Coatsworth. It's a clip from Fox News. He says that Adolf Hitler would be welcome on their campus. If um, Hitler were in uh, at, at uh, the League of Nations or at some meeting in New York, League of Nations wasn't here. If Hitler were um, in the United States and wanted a platform from which to speak, he would have plenty of platforms to speak in the United States. If he were willing to engage in a debate, and a discussion to be challenged by Columbia students and faculty, um, we would certainly invite him. So that's the dean of Columbia University admitting that in principle, this is sort of a moral equivalent of inviting Hitler, and indeed Columbia would have Adolf Hitler. Folks, what do you think about it? Well, it's pretty amazing, and we're going to discuss it as we continue the program. But right now we have with us Rita Cosby. She is an Emmy Award-winning journalist. She uh, hosted a program on Fox News, also on MSNBC. She's interviewed terrorist leaders and tyrants, and uh, she's really a great investigative journalist. She's looked into this uh, whole story of Anna Nicole Smith that has fascinated the nation. Rita, thank you for joining us. Thank you so much. It's been a fascinating journey for me to look at it from an investigative journalist standpoint as opposed to sort of the the media frenzy, but really from the facts in the case. Well, before we get uh, to this story and to your book, Blonde Ambition, uh, since you have interviewed terrorists, for instance, uh, Yasser Arafat, talk a little bit about this uh, visit by uh, Mahmoud uh, Ahmadinejad and the fact that he's at this prestigious university, Columbia, speaking to the students. Uh, Is this freedom of speech or is this indoctrination? You know, it, it's, it is an interesting thing, and in fact, you could see even President Bush in some of his comments saying that this, you know, he wouldn't have necessarily made the offer, uh, but it also does highlight that we are Americans and we have freedom of speech and something that uh, they don't enjoy in their country uh, in places like that. Um, you know, I have mixed feelings about it. Obviously, as an American, I have mixed feelings. I, I was I was very surprised at his at his offer to go to uh, to Ground Zero, and I'm glad that that was declined, uh, especially because that is such a holy site. And I I live not too far from there, so when I think about someone like that going there, I do think that that's a complete contradiction um, to go over there. But um, I, I also understand uh, Columbia University. As long as it's an opportunity where we can challenge these people with ideas. Uh, then I don't have a problem. If it's a place where it's unfettered, and every time I've, I've interviewed, you know, people of this ilk, I always, you know, use the opportunity to to grill them and ask questions um, and ask questions that I think every American: Why did you do this? Why? What's your philosophy? And I think it's important that we understand these people. Um, but also make sure that we don't give them an unfettered platform. Some of the applause uh, on the part of the students, I think, uh, was amazing. Let's go on to your book, though. The book is Blonde Ambition, the untold story behind Anna Nicole Smith's 
guest, our uh, death. Our guest is Rita Cosby, investigative journalist. Rita, when we look at a story like this, why do so many people in America care about such a person? Well, I think they care because she was sort of unfortunately falling apart before our eyes. And I think the other fascination, and I think why our book has been doing so well, we're a New York Times bestseller, which has been a real blessing. But I think uh, much of it is because we're exposing new information that never came out before. In Blonde Ambition, we really talk about some of the things you never heard before, testimony, individuals, hardcore facts. And, and I, what I found, even you know, when I've been at events and different things, um, it's not just sort of the average person who likes Anna Nicole Smith. I've had people come over to me and say, I didn't really like Anna Nicole Smith or watch a reality show or anything like that, but I like your book. Um, and I'm really always pleased to hear that because I think my book really breaks new ground on both cases. And in fact, we just found out um, that since my book has come out that the Bahamian government, particularly the attorney general down there, has been flooded with emails and calls and a variety of things from people saying that the son's death, remember Anna's son died a few Mm -hmm. months before she did, in in sort of equally sort of suspicious circumstances, if not even more. And um, we just found out that the Bahamian government is going to hold a formal inquest um, investigation into the son's death on October 30th. So I'm, I'm so thrilled to hear that, and uh, much in part, I'm told, because they've been flooded with calls and a number of emails and variety of things since my book has come out, which um, to me has been a real blessing to be able to hopefully make a difference and be able to expose that case and have at least the truth come out and, and then the chips fall where they may. You're listening to Jerry Johnson Live. We're talking to Rita Cosby. She's written the book, Blonde Ambition, The Untold Story Behind Anna Nicole Smith's Death. You know, Rita, you you said something that she was falling apart before our eyes. I thought that was very interesting because the title is Blonde Ambition. I'm thinking of Paris Hilton. I'm thinking of Britney Spears. They've been in the news recently. People are saying they're, they're breaking down. They're falling apart. Uh, Lindsay Lohan, she's not blonde, but she's acting like it right now, or that she would fit the category. But in any case, um, is there a moral to this story? That is that can these young ladies handle the fame, handle the money, they get the drugs? Um, you know, what's going on? Because our teenagers are idolizing some of these um, some of these stars, uh, you know, what's the moral to this story? No, you're right. And I think, you know, and in fact, at the end of my book, I put a big uh, footnote there and basically say, be mindful of yourself and be mindful of fame, be mindful of your friends. Um, and I think that that's the moral, at least of my book, of Blonde Ambition. And I think some of these other people, too, that, you know, money can't buy you happiness. Um, fame is not going to buy you happiness. You have to be happy within yourself. And also, you know, drugs. I'm donating a huge portion of my proceeds of my book to um, to DARE, Drug Abuse Resistance Education, which is, in, you know, throughout schools in America, because I really feel like better education, you know, these people who get so depressed, they get caught up in this sort of, you know, lifestyle that's 500 miles an hour, um, and, and fame at all costs, which Anna Nicole certainly exemplified between, you know, the, the playboy and marrying the old man and all these different things. Um, that I think the message is to make sure you're careful of what you're doing to yourself and also what, what's happening around you. Do you have the best influences around you? Do you have people who are looking out for you or people who are looking out for your money? And I think that all of that is so important for, for young people to look up to. And I hope that, that my book in many regards is a sobering message, not just for Anna, 
but also her 20-year-old son, Daniel, who died, as we just talked about, you know, months before. You know, here was a seemingly healthy young man, uh, you know, prime in his career, was getting great grades in school, but was really troubled by what was happening with his mother. Um, and then we find out that he dies from a mixture of medicines. And again, very questionable circumstances. You know, one of the things I talk about in my book, Jerry, is uh, that he visited a private investigator a month before he died. And he told the private investigator that he was, quote, deathly afraid of Howard K. Stern, that he was very worried that something would happen because he had been standing up to Howard K. Stern lately, telling him he didn't like the way he was treating his mother, giving his mother medicine, you know, sort of not watching out for her and, and doing a number of things. And then a month later, he dies mysteriously in a hospital room, and the two people present are Howard K. Stern and Anna Nicole Smith. And the only reason that inquest hasn't taken place all this time is because Howard K. Stern keeps putting up legal roadblocks, saying he's not happy with the judge, he's not happy with the grand jury process, not happy with a variety of things. And it really is just, you know, it's just despicable what's happened. You know, wherever the truth is, at least it needs to come out in a public forum and have this case investigated. And, you know, you look at a young boy like that, prime of his life, Anna Nicole Smith, still very young. I mean, she died at the age of 39. This is a woman who still it's has a tragedy. So much life to give. It really is a sad tale. It's a tale, tragedy for both of them. moral message for anyone reading the book. Rita Cosby's written the book, Blonde Ambition, the untold story behind Anna Nicole Smith's death. Thank you, Rita, for being with us. We hope to have you, you back so sometime. Thank you so much, both of you. All right, folks. This show, of course, is about the Christian worldview. What are the lessons here? I think, Penny, you know, as I'm looking at some of the, the details that Rita Cosby is studying, for instance, she's studying... Um, Howard K. Stern and Larry Burkhead. Now, I really wasn't into this story, but I'm looking at this, and there was a controversy about who was the father of this baby. And um, so we can talk about the intersection of drugs here, the intersection of not knowing who is the father of your child. Um, This is about a a way of life, and... um, Nothing good can come from this way of life. You know, there's been a lot of talk lately about the pornification of the culture and really this acceptance. uh, When we look at these Hollywood starlets, and some of them have very little talent, (laughs) uh, and so you're not really looking at them for what they're accomplishing. You're looking at them for their lifestyle, their beauty possibly, but that beauty fades very quickly when you look at this promiscuous lifestyle that many of them live. And I think that when women live that kind of a life, sometimes in order to be able to do it, they do have to take drugs. Tell me what you said earlier about um, Paris Hilton and birthday parties. I thought this was interesting. Well, I think it's really sad, and it's a sad commentary on this whole subject that I've just brought up, and that is that I read a report maybe a year or so ago that a lot of parents, you know, wealthy parents out in California were paying her $100,000 fees to come and appear at their daughter's birthday parties. Little girls... Uh, loved, I don't know if they still do after her jail stint, but they loved Paris Hilton. They idolized her, and their parents were playing right along with it. And I, there's just some sort of a bankruptcy in our, in our culture that anyone would promote that type of a person to their little girls. Well, if you've got children anywhere from age 9 to age 15, they're not looking for peers of their own age. They're always looking at one age up, one bracket Mm -hmm. up, and they are looking to Lindsay Lohan. They're looking to Paris Hilton. They're looking to Britney Spears. We've not covered these stories before, but I think this is an example here of what that way of life does. And we've got two people who are dead now. 
We've got a child that's this uh, child, Danny Lynn, who's not going to have a, a normal family situation. It's a tragedy. And um, these are the beautiful people. These are the people that television commercials are telling you you need to look like. These are the people that the clothing uh, merchants are telling you you need to dress like. We are being told that this is normal, this is the standard, this is what we should aspire to. But uh, it ends in death, it ends in destruction, it ends in dysfunctionality for the family. And uh, when we close out today, I'm going to tell you a very interesting story about Marilyn Monroe that you may have never heard before because she had a similar kind of an end as Anna Nicole Smith. Well, when we come back, should we be paying with your tax dollars all sorts of benefits uh, for illegal aliens? We'll talk about that when we come back. You won't believe what's being proposed, what's on the table. It's Jerry Johnson Live with Pennedexter. You're listening to Jerry Johnson Live. Now here's your host, Dr. Jerry Johnson, president of Criswell College and Criswell Communications. It happened in Europe. And given that, why is it that the Palestinian people should be displaced? All right, that's Ahmadinejad, the leader of Iran. And he's saying that Israel should not have been created as a refuge for survivors of the Holocaust. He's in America, speaking today at Columbia University, speaking tomorrow at the United Nations. Here he is again at the National Press Club on Israel. Because it is based on discrimination, ethnic discrimination, occupation, and usurpation. And it consistently threatens its neighbors. Okay, he denies the Holocaust, and he says Israel... Israel is based upon occupation. Israel is based upon discrimination. And um, my question for Columbia University is, you know, since when have they had this kind of anti-Semitic openness at the university? Uh, Would they invite, uh, you know, Nazi speakers? Well, the president said today, the president of Columbia, he said, actually, if Hitler were here today, we would have him on this platform. What do you think of that, folks? We'll talk about that more later here in the program, but something else coming up now, Penna. Well, uh, just less than three months after the defeat of the amnesty bill in the United States Senate, uh, it's back as part of a defense authorization bill. Uh, This is called the DREAM Act, and it really has to do with younger illegals in the country. With us to discuss this is Robert Rector. He is Senior Research Fellow for Domestic Policy at the Heritage Foundation. Now, his research has been instrumental in this debate over amnesty for illegals. In fact, it really helped stop two major bills twice in the Senate uh, to grant amnesty. And uh, Dr. Rector, thank you so much for joining us. Well, thank you for having me on your show. All right. Uh, this is this Dream Act, Dick Durbin's, I guess, brainchild, brought up as part of a defense authorization bill. How many people would this affect and what would it do? What they have decided to do here is since they lost on the general goal of granting amnesty to every single illegal alien inside the United States, they've decided to do amnesty on the installment plan to break it apart into its components and move each group through amnesty separately. And they've decided to go with the most uh, sympathetic group here, which are 
uh, people that were brought into the United States as minor children uh, of illegal immigrants, and they're basically granting um, them amnesty. This basically covers people between the ages of around 10 and 30 who at some point in the past entered the U.S. as an, as an illegal and as a minor. And uh, you, they don't have to still be children. They can, they can be adults. Uh, and then in addition, once they are granted amnesty and citizenship, uh, they, uh, they can grant citizenship to their parents. So I, potentially we're talking about as many as uh, three or four million people who are potentially eligible here. They do put uh, some uh, limitations on it that the, the individual has to have spent some time in college or has to uh, volunteer for the military, uh, although I don't take that that seriously. Um, they also have some exemptions in here that could be as broad as, as the Titanic hmm. uh, to get around that uh, hardship exemptions. But the, the idea is clearly to get the foot in the door, uh, get this group amnesty, then you can broaden it a little bit more, reduce the educational requirements. Um, the unclear what it means uh, to go to college. I think a lot of the college that would occur with this would be uh, doing voter registration for La Raza would probably be a principal <laughs> college activity under this act. And, and then, in addition, uh, I'm sorry, you want illegal aliens in the U.S. military defending the country. I, I can't think of a worse notion than that. But again, they're they're fishing around rather desperately to find a, a sympathetic group that we should reward. And and I feel that. You really there there are probably two or three billion people who would like to come and live in the United States would like to be given the the, the enormous privilege of being U.S. citizens of of our, joining in our prosperity of voting in our elections and I don't think that anyone should become a U.S. citizen on the basis that they violated our laws. And again, you would say, well, the kids are innocent, but the way this bill acts is that the kids would get citizenship and then they can automatically grant it to their parents who brought them to the U.S. illegally. You're listening to Jerry Johnson Live. We're talking to Robert Rector. He's Senior Research Fellow for the Heritage Foundation. Um, Mr. Rector, let me ask you this. You've written a book called America's Failed $5.4 Trillion War on poverty. Now, the question I have for you is this. Uh, this is more or less uh, more giveaways. I mean, you've written another uh, report, How Washington Works. I mean, this is in a defense bill, isn't it? Isn't that correct? Oh, oh yes. Clearly, the way that you need to do this now, since they lost on the vote itself, is to, again, scale down take your goals, put them in pieces, and then sneak them in unrelated bills. It's unrelated. Yeah, completely unrelated. And the idea is, well, while, while the uh, conservatives in the Senate are busy trying to defend uh, against uh, a unilateral withdrawal in Iraq, they're not going to notice this, this amnesty provision. Hopefully that isn't going to work, and, and it won't work if the public remains adamant. But what the, the public 
really were the ones, they're the heroes, they're the ones that stopped that amnesty bill uh, through overwhelming protest in the summer. And Washington does not like to be stopped. Uh, All the the wheels were greased for that. It was a status quo bill with the president behind it, Ted Kennedy behind it, so forth. The American people stood up and said, stop. We don't like rewarding people for breaking our laws. We believe this will cost us a fortune, and you haven't secured our borders. Now what they're trying to do is do a little end run, hopefully hoping that the American public will remain unaware. So the public needs to be aware that from here on in, the idea will be to do amnesty on the installment plan one chunk at a time, and it's got to be defeated one chunk at a time. All right, we're already forced now by court order to educate elementary children, middle school children, high school children who are here illegally. Mm -hmm. Now, this would mean essentially through college. Now, as I'm looking at the Washington Times story, uh, at the present, here are some senators who've not taken a position. Uh, Some Republicans, particularly Charles Grassley, Orrin Hatch, and then from Texas, John Cornyn, and Kay Bailey Hutchison. Do you know if they've taken a position yet on this issue? No, no I, I don't know where they are, and those uh, were all key votes in, in uh, swing votes in stopping uh, the, uh, the legislation in the summer. They were all, particularly Hutchinson and Hatch, were in doubt. Uh, they did ultimately vote against the bill, but they're, they're always up for play on these issues. The other thing that this bill does is that it does grant these illegal aliens uh, in-state tuition. It, it allows any state that wants to can essentially say, well, illegal aliens get uh, de- deducted tuition that no one else in the United States I- is eligible So they're getting a better rate than, another, than, a, oh, than an American citizen. A- a- absolutely, of course. Why not? Uh, illegal why, discount. You know, why be... Why be uh, stingy when you're giving the country away? Uh, again, I, you know, I think that the idea of allowing this massive violation of our borders and then rewarding people for having done that is just astonishing. And we have not really even begun the process of getting the border under control. We have not begun the pro- Again, just, just a few weeks ago, the, there was a liberal court in California blocking the, the the minimal efforts to try to enforce the law about not hiring illegals. You know, 20 years ago, we gave amnesty to about two, 3 million illegal immigrants, 1986, and we were told at that time, they swore, this is the last amnesty we'll ever do. And in exchange for that amnesty, what we're going to do is pass a law that says you can't hire illegals. Well, they've never enforced that law. For 20 years, they haven't enforced that law, and they're not enforcing it today. And yet, here we come back and are essentially uh, are doing another amnesty, either all at once or doing it here in pieces. And they really have contempt for the American people. They believe the American people just won't pay attention and that they can sneak, squeeze these things through, sneak them past. Uh, I, I believe that's not the case. I think the American people are paying attention, and I hope the American people will speak up and speak very loudly. Robert, we only have just a few seconds before the end of the segment, but I want to ask you, you, you talked about enforcing uh, these laws with employers. If we did that, wouldn't we do go a long way toward uh, remedying the problem? Oh. We wouldn't have to deport people, would we? No, you don't need to deport them. 
for the most part, even though they do get welfare and things like that, they are here to work. So if you enforce the law and said, you you know, you, you can't work here as an illegal, uh, there wouldn't be jobs available, and the bul- overwhelming bulk of illegals would simply go home. And the, the, the irony is that uh, at least half of the illegals are working on the books, uh, they use false social security numbers. They file with social security numbers that are zero, zero, zero. Mm-hmm. And you know, the government knows where they are. They know where every single person working with a false social security number is in the United Interesting. States. Interesting. But the Social Security Administration does not share that with, uh, with the, the Homeland Security Department. And this court, this, this, uh, left-wing, uh, nut of a judge, uh, just said, well, even if you know that information, you can't do anything. Amazing. Robert, Robert Rector, Heritage Foundation, thank you so much for being with us. We appreciate it. Thank you. All right, folks, when we come back, more on Ahmadinejad, the president in Iran. Imagine the world without the United States. Imagine a world without the state of Israel. That's what he says. He got a visa to come to the United States, speaking at Columbia University, speaking at the United Nations. We'll talk about it when we come back. If you're looking for a college experience that is distinctively Christian, come to Criswell College. Contact us today for information about the upcoming term. Criswell College places a strong emphasis on the Word of God, a Christian worldview, and being an effective witness to a world that needs Jesus Christ. Criswell College is totally committed to the Bible as the authoritative, inspired, and inerrant Word of God to ensure that every student receives a solid biblical and doctrinal foundation. Our worldview approach to ministry prepares every Criswell College student to view each academic discipline through a Christian frame of reference and to engage our culture and the world of ideas from a Christian perspective. Along with this word and worldview emphasis, each Criswell College student gets hands-on ministry training in missions and evangelism to be an effective witness through mission trips at home and abroad. Contact Criswell College today for information about the upcoming term. Call 1-800-899-0012 or on the web go to criswell.edu. That's chriswell.edu. While Iranian President Mahmoud Ahmadinejad gave interviews and made speeches, hundreds of mostly Jewish protesters massed across the street from the U.N. denouncing his appearance. He is a despot. He is a criminal. He is a gangster. Marchers carried signs showing the image of the Iranian president with his limbs bent into the shape of a swastika. Israeli Foreign Minister Tzivi Lipni told the crowd Ahmadinejad, who has called for Israel to be wiped off the map, isn't just Israel's problem, but the world's problem. Warren Levinson, New York. All right, folks, what do you think the president of Iran gets the red carpet treatment in the United States at one of the leading universities, Columbia University? Is this right? Is this a good thing? Is this academic freedom? Are we playing right into the hands to this propagandist? We've got Bob on the line from Terrell. Bob, thanks for calling and holding. What do you think, Bob? Uh, Dr. Johnson, I think it's a mistake because what we're doing is giving a a person of a terrorist nation, one that uh, gives uh, people of al-Qaeda and so forth, we're giving him part of the United States Constitutional of uh, free speech, and it is something that we should not give somebody of that type of person that denies the Holocaust. He doesn't even uh, have a good history uh, of the what the reason that uh, Israel is attacking the Pal- Palestinian people because the land was taken away from uh, Israel and they are fighting to get it back, same with Gaza. And I have a good friend 
who uh, saw his mother and father killed in the Holocaust. So he doesn't know what he's talking about when it talks about the reason why Israel attacks uh, the people in Palestine. Thank you, Bob, for that call. I think a lot of Americans probably agree with Bob. Uh, Something doesn't smell right about this visit at Columbia University. And, you know, we're a a college here, Criswell College, and, um, of course, we we, um, inquire about this position and that, and we look at all views, but we're not just going to invite anybody to come here and give them a platform and hand them a microphone. So freedom of speech does not mean that you sponsor certain kinds of speech. You know, I'm looking here at the CIA director, Michael Hayden, and he's talking about um, the mood of the country right now. And here's his quote. When I get in the car at Langley and drive down the George Washington Parkway, it's not long before it begins to feel like September 10th. And what he means by that is he thinks that our country has lapsed back into the September 10th mindset that we don't take this war, and it's a war that's been declared upon us, seriously. We are not on war footing, as Frank Gaffney has said. Here is the president of Columbia University, Lee Bollinger, justifying allowing Ahmadinejad to speak on campus. This is just one of many events on Iran that were run throughout the academic year, all to help us better understand this critical and complex nation in today's geopolitics. And of course he said, even if Hitler uh, were available, we would have Hitler here at Columbia University. This is the school. This uh, forum was in the School of International and Public Affairs at Columbia University. Columbia University is also a top school of journalism in our country. So this is the type of young people that are being trained there. And, you know, when these folks talk about the freedom of speech that's constitutionally protected for American citizens, it's not protected for dictators, for tyrants, for terrorists that come to this country. The only reason he's here, really, is for the United Nations, because the U.N. happens to be in our country. But to put him on a campus where he's influencing top, the best and the brightest kids in the country uh, is wrong. Uh, It's absolutely wrong, especially, as you said, Dr. Johnson, in a time of war. We're supposed to be fostering patriotism, not giving dictators a platform. All right. Here's Columbia University President Lee Bollinger. He's defensive, I think, because of all the criticism yesterday about them having Ahmadinejad come to the campus. And I think he felt like that he had to fire a shot across the bow from the get-go. When he introduced Ahmadinejad, here's what he had to say about him. Mr. President, you exhibit all the signs of a petty and cruel dictator. A petty and cruel dictator. Well, at least if they did give him the platform, there was debate, uh, there was insult, there was more or less ridicule. You can't really imagine a major university president introducing anybody like that. And so (laughs) it reminds me, I heard Ed Koch telling a story about uh, some other anti-Semitic leader that had been allowed to come to the U.N. And and, um, uh, Mayor LaGuardia assigned Jewish policemen to uh, escort that leader around. And that would have been a good thing, actually, for the mayor of New York to do on this on this visit, mm-hmm. would to be uh, give him a, a Jewish security detail. But in any case, he's petty. Anyone who denies the Holocaust, anyone who denies that there are homosexuals in Iran, when in fact he's killing them. I mean, he's... They're arresting them and beating them. Yes. Mm-hmm. 
And um, and then uh, he is cruel. He is certainly cruel. We've covered on this show recently the stoning of Christians, uh, the beating of young children who've been forced more or less into prostitution or, or children who've been raped, and actually they're, they're stoned or they're beaten, uh, and they're more or less the victims. It's a very cruel and tyrannical regime. So at least he had the courage to get up and call a spade a spade. But I think um, this is political correctness gone amok, academic uh, freedom gone amok, and uh, we don't allow just any crackpot to get up and speak to a college uh, campus. Well, Penna, we were talking earlier about um, this DREAM Act, and uh, you had an update on Senator Cornyn. We ought to tell our listeners, really, uh, what is, what's his view? I uh, received this email from one of the folks at Eagle Forum here in Texas saying that Senator Cornyn has actually committed not to support these types of amendments to the defense uh, bill that uh, promote amnesty. Uh, but I still think that uh, anyone that wants to call him and express their opinion would be justified in doing so and should do so. Now, Senator Hutchison, according to this, is still undecided, so she should definitely be contacted. The Capitol switchboard is 202-224-3121. All right. We're um, today wrapping up. uh, That Anna Nicole Smith story was an unusual story for us. We did not really cover um, all of our escapades on this program. (laughs) And barely talked about her death. Um, We have not covered Lindsay Lohan. We've not covered Paris Hilton. We've not covered Britney Spears. We're the anti-E broadcast here. (laughs) We are not the entertainment channel. Why did we bring this story today? You know, uh, when she died, the week she died, Marilyn Monroe said, I wish I could be born all over again. Really? A lot of people compared Anna Nicole Smith to Marilyn Monroe. Um, I wish I could be born all over again. Uh, in spite of all the glamour and the glitz, uh, all of the commercials, the thief comes to steal, to kill, and destroy. But Jesus says, I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. The life that Jesus offers is the full life, the joyful life, the liberated life, the fulfilling life. And uh, so much of what we see on E! on the Entertainment Channel is just a lie. Well, Mark Morano on the environment tomorrow. Bill Salmon, the evangelical president. We'll talk to you tomorrow. You've been listening to Jerry Johnson Live a Christian Worldview radio show. Join Dr. Jerry Johnson, President of Criswell College and Criswell Communications, Monday through Friday at 5 p.m. for an hour of relevant discussion of news and culture from a Christian perspective.